You know, we're a few weeks into the kids' summer break from school. <laughs> By now, some of us have already exhausted our list of activities. I mean, we've been to the zoo. We went out for ice cream. Like, What else can we do to keep from hearing, I'm bored? Jenny Coffey is a mom of four, so she's with you in adjusting to summer break. Our guest is a marriage and family therapist with Focus on the Family. You've got a private practice as a counselor, and you've been doing that for how many years? About 10 now, which is crazy to say. You know, life <laughs> keeps on ticking, I guess. Yeah, and then you're also part time with Focus on the Family. What's that connection? Correct. Yeah. So I've been at Focus for about six years. It's kind of an interesting connection at this point because, yeah, I kind of come in and I do a lot of media. I'm also, I help with their um, internship program every summer. So I'm one of the clinical supervisors for the counseling internship program. So we're kind of in full swing for that right now. Mm. And that's one of my favorite things to do. I love that. They're on a very part-time basis now, but still very much connected. All right. So counseling is very broad (laughs) generally. So do you point in a certain direction or are you are you pretty focused in your counseling or do you are you pretty broad you take whatever I do a lot of work with people with obsessive compulsive disorder that's probably one of my main specialties but as far as couples I do a lot of work with couples who have experienced infidelity what pointed you towards specifically the whole family and marriage aspect of counseling Uh, It's kind of a funny thing because while I 100% respect all therapists we as marriage and family therapists I think kind of consider ourselves the most trained and most specialized, let's put it that way, the most specialized. And so I looked at it to say, this license will allow me to do anything I want to do. And so I went that direction because I said, then I'll have the expertise to deal with individuals and couples. I don't, I won't just be specialized in individuals. So I decided to go that route and get all the training I needed so that I could do anything I wanted to do. We're on the front end of a new season in our world. It's called summer. Unless you homeschool, you go from kids being gone for, you know, most of the day and uh, some having some reprieve from them and some time and space and knowing that they're in the normal scenario, safe places and doing productive things to now you having to kind of define those safe places and productive things that they're doing. You got to take on like their full day. So I don't know, talk about some of the dynamics that, that uh, families hit when, when you start talking about summertime. You know, it, it is an interesting component because I was telling somebody yesterday and I hadn't realized this until yesterday. Yesterday. This is the first school year. This past school year was the first school year we had all four of our kids in school. So our youngest was in kindergarten. And, you know, you're kind of as a parent thinking about that dynamic and what that's going to look like. And I didn't think for a second about the transition back to then all four of them being home. <laughs> because in years past, it's like, mm. oh, they're all home. But like we were used to Rowan being home or Landon at the time or whoever. And now it's like, oh, you're all four back. And it was it was this interesting mom moment of like, didn't anticipate that. But yes, I guess that makes sense. And so it really kind of is, you know, the sibling dynamics, how they get along, the somewhat, you know, I could I could get on my soapbox a little bit about how schools are implementing technology more and more where it almost gets more complicated at home to to regulate that Mm because it's like my fifth and fourth grader have laptops that the school issued them and now we're dealing with okay stop getting on your laptop from school we need to put 
way, you know, like those types of things. And so you're transitioning from a very, very structured environment that school is, which is good for them to somewhat more of a free range mentality because parents can't possibly structure seven hours a day throughout the summer. It's just not, it's not feasible. We've had a number of guests on over the years and I, and I hear this phrase a a lot called mom guilt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what's that like when the summer hits? You know, I've honestly, I I was going to say reactively, I think it's gotten better as they've gotten older, but then I sit here and I'm like, you know what? I don't know if that's totally true. I think that's just something that's there undercurrent, but I have very much, and and this is one of the biggest encouragements I would give to parents. There's obviously a middle line here. You don't want to be on either end of the spectrum as far as an extreme. It is totally okay to let your kids be bored. Let them be bored. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear I'm so bored. There's nothing to do, which cracks me up every time because it's like, if I will happily go through your room (laughs) and we can just start purging things. You know what I mean? But truly scientifically, research shows time and time again, it is so good for them to be bored within reason, because that is when they get creative. They get creative. That's when you go into a room and you find out they built this fort (laughs) and who knows what they're doing in there. Or my kids, it always cracks me up when they love to play school. I'm like, you just got out of school. And it's like wanting to play school again, you know, and you're like, okay, I guess we're like going back to playing school. But that is where they get creative. And we want their minds, especially because there is so much technology and screens nowadays. We want to allow the right side of the brain to develop and grow and be able to create out of nothing or to put names on things that maybe previously didn't exist as far as just that creative flow. If you want to have, you know, I really encourage some type of limit on screen time as far as these times to these times, whatever that looks like. I mean, we want to spend time with them. But like I was saying previously, like we can't be their entertainer all summer. That's just not feasible for the family dynamic. You bring up a great point. It's actually scientifically like a healthy thing for kids to be bored because it kind of unlocks and unleashes and spurs them on to be creative. So if they, if they relieve their quote-unquote boredom by just jumping on a screen, that's probably not phenomenal. So what are the things that parents need to do to at least create the context where that boredom has the best possibility of converting into things that are positive in terms of unlocking creativity in your kids? I do always think it's helpful, especially considering the ages of your kids. You're not going to, you might have to do this with teenagers, but maybe not as much giving some suggestions. And that also is going to have to mean, and you know, my husband has a harder time with this than me, that there might be a little bit of a mess going to be, have to be like part of the deal is like, what boundaries and parameters do you want to put around it? Because they're going to probably either push those or it, it's it's going to be like, oh, we pulled out all the ingredients from the fridge and we're making a gross smoothie that no one's going to drink. You know what I mean? Like you got to put some parameters on it because yeah. then it could get a little nuts. So I can say something like get the kinetic sand out, get the Play-Doh out, use the whole kitchen table and like make a make a land or, you know, like make, make something, you know? So I try to give a few options. Now, often it's, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You know? So like, that's just going to be a part of it, right? It's like knowing that they're just going to hate every option you give them, (laughs) but giving some parameters. And then if there is something specific that you're saying, 
hey, maybe don't get the paint out today. Like if you have those parameters, then is the time to give it to them because it really does help, especially considering the age, to try to give them some structure because kids really do crave that. But we don't want to structure it so much that their day is structured like it would be at school because then it turns into them being very others motivated and what we call extrinsically motivated and then relying on us then still to regulate and structure their day. So give them parameters of what they could do. Give them parameters of what you the absolute knows I don't want you to do this. And then inside of the rest of it, let them figure it out. Speak to some of the uniqueness of summer. We've kind of leaned this conversation around the challenges of summer. There's some real uniquenesses to summer that provide opportunities that we really don't have any other time of year. Figure out what the uniqueness is of the place that each person lives in and really leverage that to say, what are some of the beautiful things about the place I live in the summertime? How can we maximize that? How can we leverage that? And so for us here, it's going to the pool. We have a Zoom membership. We really do try to say summer is such a unique time. We're not as constrained to schedules. Of course, we know as parents, like work doesn't stop because of summer. It is a unique opportunity for us to slow down some. We're typically not as constrained by running all over. You know, I see sometimes on social media, it's true, and it's it's worthy of bringing up. You get like 18 summers with your kids. That's it. This is a very short and sweet time period. And I want to soak it up as much as possible. And the best way to do that is by living in the present, not trying to rush the summer through, not trying to say, oh my word, when is school going to start again? But to really sit back and say, this is a special time that we can share with whatever group of a family you have. Figuring out what some of the, the likes of your kids are. You know, I thought the other day, I was like, I might ask each of my four kids, what's one thing you'd really like to do this summer and find a time to do it, like plan it out. And so I know a lot of this is going to sound to some people who are frustrated, like, oh, well, that's all nice and good. But I would just really encourage parents. It's like, I get it. I'm in there. I'm in the thick of it with you. Try to find your little moments every day because it really will just fly by. Jenny, uh, as we think about the summer and families, what's something that you'd say parents unintentionally do wrong. It's well-meaning, but you're wrong. I think it's really trying to fill their entire day with stuff. Mm -hmm. I understand two working parents, full-time working parents. There is a lot of logistical need there when it comes to summer that I do not envy. The parents that don't need to put their kids in a camp or something for the purpose of childcare, I would encourage them to not feel like they have to fill every week or every day with some camp or some activity or some this, that. And I think a lot of times parents do that to piggyback on the boredom. They're afraid of that. So it's like, oh, we need to put them in all these things. It's like a time leech from you as a family to be able to enjoy time together because you're running all around just like you are in the school year. Mm -hmm. And it's also financially somewhat of a burden. Have a few things throughout the summer that they can look forward to. My son's doing a Lego camp. My daughter's doing that soccer camp. But I don't want to fill every week. I want to be able to have days where we can go to the pool or days that we can on a whim say, I'm going to take a vacation day next week and we're going to go camping. I think some parents worry about the loss of control or the loss of structure if their kids don't have something planned. But I would encourage people to leave. I call it white space. Leave some white space on your calendar Mm -hmm. for the possibilities, even if it is just the pool or the zoo or going to a park. But it allows that time together because summer's when you have it. Because as we know as parents, it's short. We think it's so long at the beginning, but it's short. (laughs) And then they're back in school and they're somewhat uh, confined to the school schedule at that point. 
Jenny, I think I can safely speak for most parents who will just say thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only one who feels this pressure. You gave us a lot to think about and a lot of great ideas, too. Jenny, thanks for spending the morning with us. I love doing this stuff, so I appreciate it.